1: listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Assistant Professor of Nursing and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. March is National Nutrition Month, and we're talking about a different nutrition topic each Monday. Today, my guest is registered dietitian Ellen Wallace, and we want to talk to you guys about how to maximize your health through good nutrition. Give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING or send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org and we'll be back after the news.
2: From NPR News in Washington, I'm Nora Rahm. The Congressional Budget Office could release as early as today its evaluation of the Republican plan to replace the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. The nonpartisan office provides official cost estimates for legislation. It's widely expected the CBO will report that fewer Americans would have health insurance under the Republican proposal. House Speaker Paul Ryan says that's because there would be no government mandate to obtain health insurance. The plan would allow insurance companies to charge more to those who seek insurance after having allowed their policies to lapse. The leaders of a House probe into Russian election meddling are demanding that the Justice Department provide evidence by the end of the day that, as President Trump claims, official wiretaps were ordered for Trump and his associates. NPR's David Wellner reports today's deadline was set in a letter sent last week.
3: A congressional aide tells NPR that Devin Nunes, the Republican chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, and Adam Schiff, that panel's top Democrat, sent the letter demanding evidence last Wednesday to Acting Deputy Attorney General Dana Benti. Specifically, the letter asks that the Justice Department disclose any instance of applications for surveillance under the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act of President Trump or his associates. It also asks for any court orders issued for the same purpose by the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. Today's deadline for submitting any possible evidence comes a week before the House Intelligence Committee is to hold its first public hearing on Russian meddling in the U.S. presidential election. David Wellman, NPR News, Washington.
2: Carlos the Jackal goes on trial in France today, more than 40 years after a deadly attack at a Paris shopping arcade. The political extremist's real name is Ilyich Ramirez Sanchez. He's already serving a, a life sentences for a series of attacks. Kazakhstan says more talks on Syria are gearing up in the capital, Astana. NPR's Peter Kenyon reports the talks are moving ahead, despite a request for a delay from opposition groups.
3: Kazakh officials say delegations have begun arriving in Astana for the next round of discussions on shoring up a Syrian ceasefire and possibly on a political transition for the country. On Friday, the United Nations urged the parties to bring no preconditions with them to the talks and to follow the agenda laid out in Geneva. It includes discussions on how Syria will be governed, what the Constitution should look like, how elections might be held, and security and counterterrorism efforts. The Astana talks have been led by Russia, Turkey, and Iran without the Western participation seen at the Geneva talks. Syrian opposition figures had asked for more time, but the talks appear to be going ahead. Peter Kenyon, NPR News, Istanbul.
2: On Wall Street at this hour, the market is mixed. The Nasdaq is up 10 points, the Dow is down 19 points, and the S&P is down a fraction. This is NPR News from Washington. Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi has seized on his BJP party's victory in state elections this weekend as a time to redefine his agenda. Modi's party will form governments in four out of five states that have elected legislative assemblies and swept 80 percent of the seats in the state house of the country's biggest and most important battleground state. From New Delhi, NPR's Julie McCarthy reports though these were state elections, winning by huge margins in the bellwether state of Uttar Pradesh has strengthened Modi's grip on power in India and his chances for re-election in two years. Modi wasted no time in laying down new markers. He calls for a new India by 2022, coinciding with the country's 75th anniversary of independence. A son of poverty, Modi is now casting himself as the protector of the poor and called them the strength of the country. He said the poor seek opportunity not dole and that he said will give the middle class relief from the tax burden they now bear. Julie McCarthy NPR News New Delhi. An earthquake shook Yangon today, the largest city in Myanmar also known as Burma. The US Geological Survey put its magnitude at 5.1. There were no immediate reports of damage or injuries. Ethiopian officials said today that at least 50 people died in a landslide over the weekend, dozens were injured. It happened on the outskirts of Addis Ababa, the capital. A huge mountain of trash collapsed at a landfill, burying some mud-and-stick houses erected nearby. Hundreds of people live at the dump, searching the trash for food. I'm Nora Rahm, NPR News in Washington.
4: Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Visiting Angels, professional caregivers assisting adults at home in bathing, dressing, meals, and lighthouse work nationwide. Visiting Angels. America's Choice in Senior Home Care. Learn more at 1-800-365-4189. This is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit with Dr. Josie Bidwell on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, fit at mpbonline.org. And now... Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio.
1: Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, here with my guest, registered dietitian, Ellen Wallace. And we're continuing our journey uh, through National Nutrition Month, which is March um, here. And uh, we've had lots of good topics so far this month, and we're looking forward to continuing on with um, that journey through the rest of the month. But um, Ellen, I'm so happy to have you here with me today. Thank you for
5: having me. Absolutely. Tell me what you know. what is National Nutrition Month, and what's the big deal? with it. So National Nutrition Month is the month that we all refocus on diet and I think it comes at a great time of year because we all finish December and we have all these goals for the new year and by March sometimes we're struggling and so it's a good time to really refocus on what is nutrition but it's also a good time for us, as those of us that are dietitians, I'm a dietitian, to really focus on how we're doing as a profession and how we're doing spreading the news about nutrition. So a lot of times I get asked the question, oh, you're a nutritionist. And the answer is yes, I'm a nutritionist, but more than that, I'm also a dietitian. And a lot of times people don't know there's a difference. Right. Tell me what the difference is between yes. a nutritionist and a dietitian. So nutritionists, we're working on more licensure of the term, but A nutritionist is someone who may have a nutrition degree or just know a lot about nutrition, whereas a registered dietitian, if someone has already behind their name, they are registered. They have gone through about five or six years of school. A lot of have a lot of us have master's degrees. And we've done an internship for about a year normally, and then sat for a board exam and continued every five years. We have a certain number of continuing education hours we have to get to stay up in the field of nutrition. So nutrition degrees and undergrad, we do a lot of biochemistry, a lot of chemistry, a lot of in-depth how the body works and how the body processes food, which is a really important thing. And uh, last Wednesday was Registered Dietitian Day. It so was. we all celebrated our RD Day. I think most of us had a little piece of cake to celebrate that's okay. in moderation. Everything in moderation. <laughs> that's fine. And so, uh, but that's kind of the difference. And we actually have recoined the term where a lot of us call ourselves RDNs, now wow. Registered Dietitian Nutritionists, to really emphasize that we cover the full gamut of nutrition information. That's great uh, to realize. And you know, for listeners out there, it's important to
1: know who you're getting your information from absolutely absolutely. Uh, you want somebody who's credentialed and has all that specialty knowledge that's kind of helping you along now it's great for um, nurse practitioners for physicians for any of the other health professions to be able to provide basic nutrition counseling definitely which is what you know what what I do um, in clinic as well but I always refer back to my experts, which are my registered dietitians for um, meal planning. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody's wanting to know the number of
5: calories, that's really something that needs to be calculated and done with a registered dietitian. Absolutely. That's the role of the registered dietitian to say, how many calories do you need? How can we create a diet that's going to work best for you? And if, if you have questions today
1: that you want to ask our registered dietitian, you can uh, call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 877 Or send us an email at fit at org. And speaking of how many calories you should have a day, um, on my social media this morning, somebody sent me that very question. They um, asked, how many calories should a woman eat per day? And what would you say to someone
5: with well, that? Well, that, it varies. It varies a lot and it varies between people and it varies in life stages and how, you know, so it's hard to say, okay, you need 1,800 calories or you need 2,000 when I haven't seen you and I haven't talked to you. But in general, we were talking before about 12 calories a pound is a lot of times kind of an amount um, that we might say. I would tell most people not to drop below 1,200 just safety wise. Um, unless you were really doing a program with a doctor's office and they're drawing labs and everything. Um, exercise often will increase the calories that we need. Um, depends on the type of exercise you do. So um, I kind of a lot of times I'll give myself a little extra snack if it's a day I'm doing an hour of really heavy cardio and weight training. Whereas if it's a day I'm not doing as much, I'll watch out for that extra snack. So um, I'm actually currently nursing. So there's an extra 500 calories potentially right. that i need um so it, it varies but in general about 12 calories per pound but also if we're looking to lose weight um it takes approximately 3500 calories to make a pound so if we want to get rid of a pound we got to get rid of 3500 calories so we can exercise we can eat less than our bodies burn in um we can do things to get rid you know Exercise and eat right to get rid of that extra 3,500 calories. So I think of, well, let's say one pound a week, that would be minus and off 500 calories a day. So eating what we're already eating, if we're not gaining, and doing a really good exercise every day would help with that 500 calories right so you're exactly
1: correct it depends on what your goal is it does It does. are you just wanting to maintain your body weight mm-hmm. which is a fine goal for right. a lot of folks just to maintain it because in reality most of us add a couple of pounds every right. year so if we can just kind of hang out where we are yes. and stay stable that's a, a win um, but if we're wanting to lose um, weight then we do have to back those calories mm-hmm. down and just like you said um, I don't ever recommend less than 1,200 calories yeah. a day. Yeah. It's just too low if someone is not under the direction of a healthcare care provider Absolutely. because Absolutely. it starts to do all kinds of metabolic Absolutely. things to you that somebody needs to be looking and out for. And really
5: doing that kind of dieting a lot just slows your overall metabolism down where then even if you lose a few pounds doing it, next time it's going to be 10 times harder and your body's going to fight you because – You just kind of slow your whole metabolic rate. Right. The way I look at it is, you know, your body's just trying to live. Yeah. And so it's used to a certain
1: amount of calories and you start backing it down and you are going to lose some weight. Mm -hmm. And then your body's going to say, "Okay, this is my new normal. So I'm going to start storing some of this energy in case the food starts to run out again. And then you back it down some more and it all starts in a process. And when you go super low, your body really does think, well, holy cow where did the food go? So, it must be the apocalypse and something right, has happened right. and where that's, did all the food go? That's how humans <laughs> made
5: it this long is our metabolisms will slow down if there's a famine. Right. <laughs> and
1: so you just hang on to all those calories storing it up for when the food absolutely runs out. Right. So that's why those really super low calorie diets don't are not usually sustainable for right. long term right. weight loss because everything just slows down. And we have a caller already this morning from Columbus and Dorothy. Good morning Dorothy. Uh, you're on Southern Image healthy and fit. Well good morning. How are you? I am fine. Good. Um, I was just
0: wondering what the current nutritionist or dietitian stand is on supplements for teenagers. Years ago I took a son that was having some uh, acne issues to a nutritionist and she basically put him on some manganese and something else. I can't remember. He's 40 now. And um, I was just wondering if they encourage that at this, you know, 20 years later.
5: I haven't heard that. Um, You know, my big thing with teenagers, I I feel like overall, like I, okay, myself, I take a good multivitamin. I try to get one that says complete. Um, If I were to eat a perfect diet and all my vegetables and all my dairy and all my everything, then I might not need that vitamin, but I would say most of teenagers, I know, when I was a teenager, I didn't always want to eat all my vegetables. (laughs) So it never hurts to do maybe a a complete multivitamin, which would cover those things anyway. Um, I haven't necessarily heard of a study that says, oh, this item is what helps, you know, prevent acne. But overall, a complete multivitamin should have those things. And if he's lacking it, great. And, you know, Uh, when we're talking...
0: Analysis of his diet. Yes, came ma'am. Came up with that. Okay, you know, that that was what he was really short on, and it did help. Did it help?
1: Nice. Yeah. Well, we it's do know easy. that diet is linked to acne mm-hmm. and and that kinds of things. Mm-hmm. You know, there are certain foods that kind of flare people at different mm-hmm. times. Um, you know, some people uh, make more oil right. than than other people right. do, and so mm-hmm. it's good to kind of look at it from a holistic point and say, yeah, maybe we are mm-hmm. missing something in our diet, and you know. Of course, I would rather see people get their vitamins from food from food uh, <laughs> right. from from that original right. source, but you know I'm also a mom of two boys myself, and I know that that doesn't <laughs> always happens. happen so always uh, <clears throat>
0: ma'am. I said it doesn't always work no, right. it does not it does not yeah. i think well, do do currently do nutritionists and dietitians analyze the the food or evaluate the diet for a week or two
5: or yeah so if I okay. like if I had someone come that was you know interested in really looking at their diet like that I'd say hey what are we eating typically I might tell them to take a food diary for a few weeks mm-hmm. write down everything you eat and that kind of okay. helps say okay look we're really we're not getting near the calcium we need yeah. we're not getting you know maybe some days we're doing better on our vegetables other days not so much and that's really the role of a dietitian in a, a lot of ways for a patient just to say, hey, like, what are we eating and how can we do better?
0: Where can I find an, an RDN?
5: So in the Columbus. Yeah. So I'm actually from that area, um, uh-huh. from the Starville area. So the hospitals, I know Columbus and Starville hospitals both have excellent dietitians. Mhm. Uh-huh. Um, You know, anybody in the outpatient world, which I don't necessarily know many names up there in the outpatient world right now, but making sure they are a registered dietitian is so important Mm -hmm. because sometimes I'll see people post things and it sounds good. And then you hear that they're actually selling something, you know, (laughs) so making sure your your source is a dietitian and the hospitals, if they don't if they don't do outpatient, they know who does. Okay. They're going to know who does right. well, those thank hospital so dietitians. I'll, I'll
0: take that route. I'm looking at grandchildren now. Fantastic.
1: Thanks. So thank you so much for calling, Dorothy. Thank
0: you. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. And for our listeners out there who are looking for a registered dietitian, you can also go to the Mississippi Association of Dietetics and you can um, search by your location. Yep, eatrightmississippi.org, I believe. That's right, right it sure that's is. It. And, and get that that way. We're going to take a quick break and we want to talk to you about your nutrition questions. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring or send me an email at fit at org.
5: Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any
4: podcast app, you could search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio.
3: MPB Think Radio goes off the beaten path with diverse perspectives and award winning content, attracting an audience who appreciate honesty and value. Sound familiar? Reach your target audience with an MPB underwriting credit. For more information, go to mpbonline.org.
4: To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy, healthy and fit on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464, or you can email the show, fit at mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Southern Remedy, healthy
1: and fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, here with my guest, Registered Dietitian Ellen Wallace. And we're talking with you today about nutrition and how that fits into your overall wellness plan. And March is National Nutrition Month, so we're celebrating um, the uh, benefits that nutrition bring to all aspects of our life. And we're taking your questions today or your comments, and we just want to talk with you. Give us a call at one MPB ring. That's 1-877-672-7464. Send us an email at fit at npbonline dot org. Before we went to the break, we were talking about kind of uh, supplements and, and how you incorporate those into a, a diet plan, and we were also talking about how you find uh, a registered dietitian in your area. And we mentioned that you can go to the uh, Mississippi Association of, of Dietetics and look that up, and you can put in uh, your kind of your zip code and it will give you a little smattering of dietitians in that area.
5: So eatright.org is the American um, Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, and then Eat Right Mississippi is the Mississippi branch. Yeah. And that's great.
1: And you can actually, um, it'll list their specialties right. underneath there as well. Right. So if there's something in particular that you're uh, looking for, uh, if you, you know, you're trying to train for an event and you need a sports nutritionist, mm-hmm. uh, that's there. If you need somebody who specializes in diabetes, that's there as well. So I encourage you to check out that website and find a professional in your area who can help you uh, on on your road to yeah. wellness. Mm-hmm. And speaking of on the road, we have uh, Fred, who is on the road and has questions about meals for traveling. Good morning, Fred. Good morning. How, How are, are you? you? We're good.
6: Doing well, thanks. Good. Uh, I was just looking for some pointers on, for a person that travels frequently, uh, what alternatives food wise are good other than fast foods for breakfast or for lunch? I struggle with that sometimes. I, I'm hungry, but it seems like there's just fast food available, and I know that's not the most nutritious. Any recommendations there?
5: Oh, good question. (laughs) I used to actually have a travel job. And now my husband has a job where he travels a lot. And we've run into the same thing. And what I always tell people is, you know, growing up, I didn't eat at restaurants very much. I would go, I'd get what I wanted. I'd move on. Now my husband and I live a busy life. We have a six-month old and uh, we eat out a fair amount. And what that means is I've got to make sure the choices I'm making at the restaurants are healthy ones, you know. So... Things that I've done practically, things that my husband's done, um, are looking for salads. So even thinking if I go to a restaurant, I get the grilled chicken sandwich. And a lot of times now, either I'll just get the sandwich and not do a combo, or I'll do a salad, like a side salad on the side of with the sandwich. So then all of a sudden I've changed from a burger with fries, with cheese, and all these extra calories to a grilled chicken sandwich with a side salad, which is much healthier A lot of them have bigger salads, and I love the MyFitnessPal app and any of those because some of those salads have as many calories as a Big Mac. So (laughs) you have to watch what you're getting in there. Um, But a lot of times I'll do a salad or a side salad with a grilled sandwich, kind of an option at a fast food. I've done even things. I used to stay in hotels, and I get real creative, but I would go and I would – grab one of those sweet potatoes that you can easily microwave in my hotel room and I'd grab that. And then maybe I'd grab um, something like some sandwich meat or something to last for a couple days and kind of eat on that or those little packets of tuna that are already flavored. I would do the tuna packet yeah. with a sweet potato and, and just cook it in my yeah. hotel room. Super cheap, yeah. you know, so I'd pocket that per diem. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but things like that, um, Really thinking ahead, so taking, like, I just got yesterday for my husband a box of the 100-calorie packs of almonds and walnuts. So they're portioned, they're easy to grab, portioned snacks, and it it means that as he's traveling down the road, he's not having to stop at a fast food place or at a gas station, and they're not going to have that, Um Taking fruit with what was you. That again? What was the name of it? Well, they're um with the nuts. There's like hundred calorie. They're little hundred calorie portions. Little bags of like almonds. Or almonds okay. and walnuts, and they're already portioned for you in little baggies. So usually it's a box. I think it was like six in a box.
1: Mm-hmm. And and all of your major grocery stores have those. And I keep those in my car as well. And also uh, whole fruits like you know apples, yeah. bananas, yeah. oranges, things like that that are not going to require refrigeration. Yeah. That I can kind of nosh on while I'm driving down the road mm-hmm. uh, are good. And pairing those two together really gives yes. you a, a good snack that will get you maybe to uh, a restaurant that's not a fast food restaurant right. to sit down at right. and kind of hold you over. The okay. other tip is um, all rest, all fast food restaurants have a nutritional guide. Yes. They have them online or they have paper copies. You have to ask for them, but they have them. And so what I do is, you know, let's say I have the McDonald's uh, guide. I go through, before I ever set out on my road trip, I go yeah. through with a highlighter and I highlight the foods that are going to be lower in fat, lower in salt, lower in carbohydrates. And then I fold that up and put it in my glove box. And that way, when I go through the drive through, I don't panic when they say, can no. I help you and say, you know, double quarter pounder with some fries and a milkshake. You know, I have a, a plan um, when I'm going in those. And, you know, better choices are always kind of what we're aiming for. So if you have to stop at a fat, fast food restaurant, sometimes we just do make a better choice. So just like Ellen said, swapping out that side for a side salad is a great way uh, to make that happen. Americans eat about four servings of French fries a week. And a a medium French fry has about 20 grams of fat. Then that's a lot of fat. So if you just swap those fries out for you can get a salad. Um some of them even have, you know, fresh fruit. fruit it comes yeah. usually on the kids' menu. Yeah. You know, they offer, you know, apple slices or um even the little mandarin oranges now. But I'm I'm okay. I was a kid once, so I'll just call myself a big kid now and I ask for that and I've never had them not give that to me when I say I want to swap my fries for uh the okay. fresh fruit option.
3: Okay. Well, listen, thank you very much for your help. Okay. You're so welcome. Yeah. You have a great
1: day and be safe traveling. <laughs>
6: Thank you.
1: Bye. Bye. And we have another call from Kathy, and she also says meals for travelers. So let's see what Kathy has to say this morning.
3: Good morning. Hi, good morning. How are you? Oh, doing fine, doing fine. When I thought about what he was saying about being on the road, that's something with me, with my job. And in my family, a lot of people in my family, cousins, neighbors, have stomach problems. Mm -hmm. So... Eating stuff that's healthy, kind of staying away from bread, which is one of my problems. But one thing I found to counteract that is I eat a lot of uh, like corn t- tortillas, mm-hmm. and I'll put maybe like a slight bit of, you know, a olive oil or something in the skillet with a little salt and pepper, just barely, and I'll crisp them, crisp, crisp them on both sides. And I'll get several of those, and I'll have those in, like, my bag. Mm-hmm. And instead of um iceberg lettuce, which uh, has a lot of water, I'll get, like, spinach. Yeah. Spinach, you can eat it cooked or you can eat it raw. I've gotten so adapted now to spinach, so I crumble that spinach up when I'm ready for it, and I'll put it on those corn tortillas. I might put a little crumb of cheese if I want, but I don't eat a lot of cheese. But you can have, like... um just say like grilled chicken that you could do a bit of grilled chicken breast or something and yeah. break that up and have it in a uh, one of those little fabric uh, cooler bags in your car with uh, or your truck with uh, those um, I forget to call those things that you freeze the little ice packs ice inside mm-hmm. and you can have those in there and just when you're ready pull them out get a corn tortilla put break up that spinach on there or eat it just without breaking it up. You know, and um, you know the grilled chicken and um, like a little oil and vinegar or something simple like that is an easy thing. And one thing for me, with trying to um, Pepsi my addiction, but I didn't got much better. I get the mineral water. Yes. The um, mineral water that may have a taste of uh, grapefruit or something on it, so it's no calories, no sodium, no sugar, and that's what works for me. Besides, I share that.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that. Those are great tips. And I am addicted to the sparkling mineral water. Oh, yes. It is my it. favorite yeah. beverage of choice because I, too, used to be a soda addict. I uh, loved my Diet Coke, and I still uh, kind of crave that bubbly burn feeling that it gives you. And that sparkling water is is perfect yeah. for for that. Got to be careful, though. Uh, some of them say sparkling water, but if it says sparkling water beverage, sometimes you have to be careful. Look on the back and make sure they're not adding um artificial sweeteners and that kind of stuff yeah. to it uh, I like just the plain old um, sparkling water that does have the little fruit essence in it because it it tastes great it tastes good so thank you for those tips this morning kathy that was great
3: okay thank
1: you I'll have a good day yes ma'am uh she brought up an interesting uh, food with with corn tortillas yeah. and so I know that corn tortillas are often a better choice than a flour tortilla. Tell me about
5: well, and like sometimes to the portion they're smaller. We still have to count them, and they're still carbs, you know. But they're smaller um, portion. A lot of times, that's where I find is I have a tendency to buy the bigger flour tortillas and. They're more calories, whereas if I stick with the corn ones, a lot of times I can watch. If your tortilla
1: happens. is bigger than your plate,
5: <laughs> the it is probably
1: <laughs> too large of a size. And then think about what you're stuffing in there. I you know, know, if you've got a tortilla that big, you're stuffing all kinds of meat and cheeses in there. But you know, one thing there,
5: she really hit on is, is planning ahead. And I think that's with all of nutrition, whether it's we're on the road, we're going to a job, we're going to the grocery store. Planning ahead is so important because it's really hard, you know, I might just be at home for a day, but if I don't have healthy options in the house, what I'm going to eat something not healthy. Right. And just planning ahead is so important with nutrition. It is, and, and
1: you mentioned planning when you're going to the grocery store, yeah. and
5: that is a big one. <laughs> you know, my
1: tips are don't go to the grocery store when you're hungry. No, don't. Because you will pick all the things, yes. all the things you will put them in your cart, regardless of whether they're healthy or not. And you overspend, Overspend. you impulse buy and you, you overspend and you waste because you buy things that you're not going not to eat use. up that week. And you know, it just, it's throwing food in the trash, which nope. just breaks my heart when I see that happen. So having a plan, um, not meaning that you can't, you know, pick up a few extra things, but having that plan really, really keeps you on track as far as food cost and food waste. Yes,
5: yes. And I've enjoyed, you know, our Kroger and I believe now Walmart as well has that click list, the pickup and the ability to sit down and make out a menu for the week, make out some snack ideas for the week, put those into the um, the system and then I can see where I am on my budget <laughs> and right. see, okay, let's take a few things out of the cart um, and then the ability to go drive up loaded in the car and not be tempted by all those other things that I have a tendency to just kind of throw in the cart because I'm hungry and I'm tired. And um, I know for me as a I knew, Mom, that's been a huge blessing. Oh, that absolutely. Not on. having to
1: get the kid that out of the that. car
5: and, you know, take <laughs> them in. And
1: then the the sweet little car seat fills up the entire buggy oh, and you just yes. are poking food all around oh, your yes. little tiny human. It's it's just a balancing act. So I agree. I've taken advantage of that. So if you, you guys are listening and you have that um, option to do the uh, buy online pickup at the store, that is a great time saver. And it is also good for your budget because you don't um, crack under the pressure. Of, yeah. of sale items that you don't really don't really need, need. Yeah. Uh, so that's a great tip. And, and you talked about meal planning, mm-hmm. and that is so crucial to sit down and make that menu yes. for the week. Now I usually always build in a. Uh, kind of a uh-oh day, yeah. you know, because <laughs> uh, even the best plans sometimes get derailed by, you know, sick kids yes. or you got to stay late at work or, you know, something happens and, you know, you may have to eat out. And I don't count that as a failure. No, That's just no, life, not at all. you know, it just happens. And I always
5: try to have in my pantry, I try to keep the things to make a simple, healthy meal. So maybe it's kind of like tacos stuff that I just kind of always have on hand I can do a big taco salad and maybe only one of the tortillas. My husband might have two of the tortillas. Um, but like having the stuff on hand to make a very simple meal. And then I've loved eMeals, which is a meal planning app online. It's about $5 a month. And it that's helped me organize my meals. And then recently I downloaded an app called Mealboard that's been really helpful as well in I put my own recipes in there. So for that one, I've been, I plan, you know, come up with the recipes, put them in there, and then it makes a grocery list for me. But oh, that's great. Um, but you can do it pen and paper as well, just fine. But I've loved things that kind of are helpful to make that menu. And I have found that I do better budget. I do better nutrition-wise if I plan the food because then I know what's in it. I've saved money by making it myself. I know the calories. I can opt for lower calorie options or, um doing the lower calorie tortilla or things like that. Those are
1: great suggestions. I'm going to check out Meal Board. Yeah. Um, You know, I uh, just have a big three-ring binder, and you know, I just meal plan in there, and then I have a section for recipes that I won't do again, or that my family didn't love. And then we kind of have a a kind of a a circulating set of recipes that we just move into the book. So we would love to talk with you guys today about how you can meal plan or any of your nutrition questions. We're going to go to a break, but you can give us a call at one eight seven seven M. MPB ring or send us an email at fit at mpbonline.org and we'll be back in just a
2: minute.
4: I'm Marco Werman. PRI's The World brings you more than just today's news. Well, the poor old British pub has been around for 2,000 years. We introduce you to people around the globe. I'm a Liberian, but I'm part of Africa. If so...
0: we were in only, only in Argentina. I
4: think it's a Scottish thing, you know, this sense of doom there, but it's always kind of amusing to us. Join us and hear the world. Tonight at 7 on MPB Think Radio. can trust in radio built around you. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. This is Southern Remedy, healthy and fit on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 or you can email the show fit at mpbonline.org
1: Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell. Here with my guest, registered dietitian Ellen Wallace. And we are having a great Monday talking with you about nutrition and how you can fit that into your overall wellness plans and why it should be a part of your overall wellness goals. And we would love to talk with you. You can give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's one 672 7464 Or send me an email at fit at org, And we do have a couple callers on the line that we want to get to this morning. First, we're going to go to Bell in Yazoo with a vitamin K question. Good morning, Bell. Uh, Good
6: morning. Uh, First of all, I wanted to thank you for some info you gave me a couple of weeks ago. I went to the doctor and everything that cholesterol and sugar was good, but red cell count was a little low. And uh, I was trying to not take iron pills. Mm-hmm. And I called in and, and got some foods with iron content from you. And um, I ate <laughs> I ate a little tiny box of raisins mm-hmm. every day and went back for blood drum just to check the blood. And, and uh, the red cell count had gone from slightly low to a little bit above normal. So I thank you for that, and I was real pleased with that. And I didn't eat any more raisins than that because they're so sweet. Right. The other thing is um, I was diagnosed with gout three or four years ago, and um, I have gotten off Mm allopurinol. I take it PRN if I know I'm going to eat lobster or something like that. But um, right now, I'm under the care of an ophthalmologist. I don't have Internet, but even if I had my food list handy uh, for gout, Mm -hmm. I I can't read it right now. But anyway, um, there were several vegetables in there on that list that were no-nos, and I think some of them are good in iron, but I can't eat because of the gout. And I'm wondering, it seems like uh, the the I, I, I can't remember if, if there are vegetables that are high in vitamin K or low in it that are no good for gout. And uh, I, I know I can't eat cauliflower and mushrooms, so I avoid them. But the leafy green stuff that might be good for iron, um, what what are some of those? I think
1: spinach maybe. Right. Uh, so a couple of things that we've got going on. Are
6: bad for gout.
1: Right. So with gout, what we're looking to decrease is uric acid. That's what kind of builds up and makes those crystals in the joints and gives us the pain associated with gout. So a little different than the vitamin K. Um, Vitamin K, we usually worry about people who uh, may have blood clotting disorders that are on Coumadin or Warfarin, which are blood thinning type medications. We usually have to limit their um, vitamin K rich foods because sometimes it'll make them clot more. Um, but you're you're right with your um, you mentioned seafood. It's really um, the redder meats that can yeah. cause problems with uh, gout. Or organ meats are are big in that. So right. liver. Um, uh, and uh, gizzards and all that kind of good stuff are are the ones that kind of increase and bump up your uric acid levels and can make gout worse um ellen do you have
5: something that you want yeah that's add? true and a lot of times when you've got you know it can get really complicated when you've got multiple things going on and that's what gets so exhausting is when we you know you're trying to say well i can't eat this for this and i need more of this for that and Asking your doctor about, hey, is there a dietitian near me that I might can sit down and meet with that could really kind of make me out a plan to say, yes, no, yes, foods, sometimes foods and no foods <laughs> would be a helpful thing since you've got several things going on. Because I don't want you to limit something you don't need a limit, you right. know, like, it, you know, I don't want you to limit something too much. Um, I don't want to miss something. So that's not a, ever a bad idea, especially when you've got several things going on you're trying to limit. And, you know, I'm a big fan. We were talking before the show about red light,
1: yellow light, green light yeah. foods. You know, red red light foods are ones that we really should avoid if we have a particular yeah. condition. Yellow uh, light foods are ones that we can do, uh, you know, occasionally. Yeah. And then uh, the green light foods are, hey, these are, are not going to hurt us. Red. Red. And so for gout, you know, the kind of red light foods that I would avoid are, like we mentioned, the the organ meats, like the liver, um, sweetbread that kind of stuff and then um your gamier meats Mm -hmm. uh, will make that worse and then you know Bacon, those are not good as well. And then, if you, you know, if, if alcohol plays a part, that can actually uh, make, make gout worse, worse yeah. as well. In particular, beer and the darker the beer, the kind of yeah. worse it can be for you. Um, things that you know kind of would be in that yellow range um, are are your are your fish and seafood. Yeah. So you know, you still need protein. So you know, limit those. Uh, red meats or those um, um, organ meats and do more fish seafood type of things, and then the ones that are are actually lower in in what we're calling purines, which yeah. is what gives you the the gout, is um, you know um, peanut butters, yeah. nut butters mm-hmm. those are um, all you know protein sources that are not gonna uh, problem. hurt your gout. Did that help? Yes,
6: it does. I, I still wanna take a look at some of those vegetables. And um we I I think we do have a nutritionist
1: here. And thank you so very much. Well you're you so welcome. Thank you for listening and calling and, and, and doing what we ask you to do. So uh you have a great Monday and you call us anytime.
6: Thank you and good luck. Thank Bye-bye.
1: you. Bye bye. All right, we're gonna go to Marie and Tupelo. Good morning, Marie.
3: Hey, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I'm really enjoying your show. Oh,
1: thank you for calling. What can right. we help you with?
3: Okay, well, I've been trying to increase the number of vegetables I have every day. So I uh, YouTubed about how to prepare for the week. And I got this really great idea from a video. It's called a coute tape. Now, don't ask me how to spell that. What mm-hmm. it is, it's a large airtight container that you wash and dry your vegetables, chop them up so bell peppers do very well in the coup tay, carrots and snap peas so they're all prepared and then throughout the week you can just toss them in a stir fry make a taco salad or snacks for kids after school and it's been very helpful in getting me to eat more vegetables because they're there and ready
1: right that is so key isn't it? I I one of these
3: and ready <laughs>
5: um
1: you know uh I agree. I do the same thing when I bring home my produce from the grocery store. I usually grocery store shop about once a week um, and I wash all my uh, produce when I bring it home. And that way it's ready for me because I'm much more likely to use it if it's already cut up, if it's already peeled, if it's already washed and ready. The only thing I will say is uh, berries. Don't, don't do that. wash those. When yeah. you bring them home, it kind of kicks off the molding process and they will go bad yeah. in a day uh, if you do that. But that is an excellent tip for having everything already ready for you. Okay.
3: Right. Thank you,
1: ladies. Thanks. Thank you. And oh. That goes for meats as well. I usually um, buy a big thing of chicken and kind of either bake it off, grill it off, or put it in my crock pot. And then I have meat for at least two to three meals with that during the week, and I'll go ahead and... I'll dice some of it up
5: put it in a Ziploc bag. I'll shred some of it, and that way it is completely ready. All I have to Done. do is dump. And i found with us, like, it's just been my husband and I for so long, and then now the little baby boy doesn't eat very much <laughs> at all. And so meal meal planning, having just meal-sized baggies. So if I cook a big pack of chicken, I'll put two chicken breasts in a Ziploc, freezer Ziploc, label it, put it in the freezer, that is nice to be able to pull out later or I'll chop it up and have it ready for salads and I'll try to put it in the portion I think the two of us would eat in a meal or maybe a meal and two lunches or something and uh help save money to do it that way yeah, too. And you know I always have the best of
1: intention with leftovers but I rarely no. eat them. I, I don't know why it's just <laughs> I just don't want the same thing again but it's good what you're saying is you know Take something like chicken and yeah. portion it out into meal-sized baggies, and you can do something different, different with, with it. it. So it's not the same thing. And I'll thing. even,
5: if I make something that's more in a casserole dish, I'll, I'll instead, because was just the two of us, and a 13 by 9 is two weeks' worth of food. Okay. and I'll put it in an 8 by 8, and then an 8 by 8, and put it in the freezer. Or take the other eight by eight to a friend. And right. There's maybe, you know, that's a good tip. Either. I
1: have some folks who um, belong to kind of these supper clubs. Yeah. And so they'll each, you know, they'll get every Sunday, they'll um, kind of make five meals and their friend will make five meals and then they swap. That's cool. You know, so uh, you're having a different meal every night, but you only cooked. Once, Once. That's Which I think idea. is, a, you know, super awesome. So if any of you would like to be my uh, meal <laughs> yeah, friend and <really? laughs> taking applications um, for for that, uh, that would be great to, to help out. But, you know, just being, just having a plan I and plan. having stuff on hand.
5: Something I did that. before the baby was born, I was nesting, um, I'm sure, but I went to the grocery. I found online and it was on Pinterest. I found like freezer crock pot meals. And basically what it was was a bunch of recipes with a shopping list for you get a big box of freezer Ziploc bags and you put, you know, for us two chicken breasts and then this seasoning. And then the next one would be this much beef and this much you know, this seasonings and or a small, you know, amount of pork tenderloin and this much seasoning and all of them were recipes that you just open the bag, put it in the crock pot, turn it on low for the whole day. Yeah. I did the same thing. Oh, so handy, especially after baby it's been awesome, and I'm almost out of bags. so I need to have another cooking day. Well, we'll talk more about those freezer meals, because that's a great way to,
1: to meal plan and save yourself some time when we come back from the break. And we want to talk with you about your questions or your comments or just hear your stories about how you're making nutrition fit into your wellness plan. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring or send us an email at fit at mpbonline.org.
4: standing member of MPB Think Radio. We appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. I'm Marco Werman. PRI's The World brings you more than just today's news. Well, the poor old British pub has been around for 2,000 years. We introduce you to people around the globe. I'm a Liberian, but part of Africa. If so we
0: were only, only in Argentina. I
4: think it's a Scottish thing, you know, this sense of doom there, but it's always kind of amusing to us. Join us and hear the world. Tonight at 7 on MPB Think Radio. Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by the generous support from you, our listeners. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy, healthy and fit on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464, or you can email the show, fit at mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy
1: and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, and I'm here with my... Guest, registered Dietitian Ellen Wallace, and we're talking about nutrition today, and paying homage to uh, National Nutrition Month. Yes, yes. and how uh, it is such a crucial part of our overall uh, wellness plan in life. And you know, before we went to the break, we uh, had had a caller who was talking about uh, vitamin K and vegetables, mm-hmm. and I do want to touch on that because that is a, um, a a viable question that people have, and it's usually I mentioned coumadin, which coumadin is a blood thinner. So mm-hmm. So Mm -hmm. usually folks who may um, have had a blood clot or a condition called atrial fibrillation where their heart kind of quivers around a little bit, those folks, or they have a mechanical heart valve, something like that, are on these blood thinners. And there are foods that are high in vitamin K, and vitamin K actually makes you clot. So we want to avoid those uh, when we are on Coumadin. So what are those vitamin K-rich
5: foods? The leafy green things. The darker, the leafier, the greener, that's your vitamin K foods. So spinach, greens, collards, kale, um, the dark green leafy vegetables are really the big ones that you're watching for. And um, But a lot of research, and this is where it's important to talk to your doctor because typically, historically, we said if you're on Coumadin, no green leafy vegetables. And now for some patients, doctors are saying, hey we can do a serving of spinach. We just don't want a plate full of spinach. And that's something to really clarify with the doctor that, hey, you know, is this something where I can do a serving of spinach or a serving of collard greens? You know, do I need to kind of have that consistent, like each day trying to have a serving of these green vegetables? Or is this something I need to avoid altogether? And and a lot of patients now are able to do, hey, Every night at supper, I have, you know, either spinach or collard greens or mustard greens or something like that as my green leafy of the day, but I don't have it more than once a day and I have a small portion. That's perfect. That's actually what we recommend is that if you're going to do them, you're
1: consistent with them because the way we manage patients on on these blood thinners is we draw blood work and we look at your numbers and we know whether to increase your medicine or decrease your medicine based on that number. And so if you say, you know, I'm going to have a green leafy vegetable and I'm going to have one every day and you're consistent with that, then I can move your medication around with that and get you at a dose that keeps your blood thin enough for you to have that every day, but don't just go all, all you know, rogue and just, you <laughs> have know, a have, full have of a greens. plate full of greens without uh, talking with your health care provider because yeah. that's going to mess those numbers up. So, really be a partner. Uh, with your uh, healthcare provider and your dietitian, and kind of designing a uh, a meal plan for yeah. you that will uh, take into account that cumadin and then also you know
5: being able to enjoy those those green vegetables because yeah. we
1: love collard greens those. here in the south
5: and they are delicious. Yeah, I planted some in my little backyard garden at the end of the the fall. And really didn't look at them. And we've had such a mild winter. I went and harvested greens (laughs) this weekend. So I think tonight we're going to have some... Some good old collard greens Yummy. supper.
1: And, you know, I challenge people to think outside the box and how they're preparing those. You know, we oh, always think yes. about collard greens as being, um, you know, a long cooking process where we just, you know, stew the mess out of those things. And uh, we actually, in our teaching kitchen, we do uh, a slaw with Ooh, collard greens. Good. So it's a raw collard green yeah. preparation. And people looked at me a little funny when we brought that in. They said, how are we going to cook these collard greens in 20 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> so we're not going to cook these collard greens. And, you know, we just cut them up and put some carrots with them and some um, red cabbage with them and a nice warm vinaigrette over the top Mm -hmm. of it. It was a delicious way
5: to get, um, you know, to eat those collard greens, but in a different way. Yeah, I'll probably do. A lot of times I'll just do a little olive oil in my skillet, get my skillet warm and then put those greens in there. And sometimes I'll add some onion, onion. Um, garlic or garlic powder, um, pepper, maybe a little bit of salt, and just steam them basically in the skillet. Just kind of saute them around, get my tongs and just kind of toss them a little bit and get them wilted, but I like to not overcook them because the more we cook them, the more we're kind of killing the vitamins. Mm -hmm. And we got to really think about what we're putting in that pot because a whole cup of collard greens is like... 25 calories, yeah, super low calorie when it's raw. But if we go adding fat back and extra fats to and it, ham, we're, ham and all hawk, that. Yeah, we're adding a lot of calories to something that was created low calorie, right? <laughs> and you know, so. I, too, just tend to kind of saute mine in the
1: skillet yeah. down a little bit. But I put red pepper flakes in mine because yeah, I like my color spicy. spicy. Um, you know, I grew up with kind of Tabasco mm-hmm. or, um, you know, the little thing of pepper sauce mm-hmm. to put on top of uh, the greens. And so I add some red pepper flakes into mine. Just think about ways you can add flavor without adding fat yes. and salt. And that, you know, you mentioned garlic, onion, um, the red pepper. And then sometimes I'll even put a little smoked turkey wing mm-hmm. in mine mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. You
5: know, turkey neck.
1: Yeah, one. Cause I'm craving that that smoky flavor yes. that ham hock often gives it yes. and that's just a little lower fat way to get it in yeah um, and it gives it great 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 flavor so that's kind of my tip for my collards everybody loves my collards and they want to know my secret well there it there is. is I put a smoked turkey wing in my collards and they are yummy there are a couple email questions that I got uh, that I want to try and get to. We've got a couple minutes left. Uh one I had somebody email and ask what
5: kind of fruits are best for a diabetic diet. Overall with diabetes, portion control is what's most important. So best is a relative term. Um I always recommend if we've got blood sugar problems, we're eating those fruits. We know the fruit all the fruits are carbs. Fruit is God's sugar, you know, it's sugar. So we've got to get to portion. So if we can eat that fruit with a protein food, like let's say we were going to have an apple, have it with some peanut butter or some cheese with our oranges, something with it and portioned. I would say, you know, if you've ever looked at the carb counting, if you do diabetes, get into carb counting. It's the way to go. And, you know, we can have a cup of berries for the same carbs as, you know, half a cup of most other fruits. Well, some people would argue that that makes berries better because I can have more in a portion. (laughs) You eat with your eyes, it does. But I have had some with diabetes. I've had people say, you know, I I eat a portion of berries and two hours later, my blood sugar is great. I eat a portion of watermelon and two hours later, my sugar is high. A lot of foods just have a tendency, there's not as much fiber or whatever to slow down the absorption. And so kind of doing those tests on yourself Um, Some people say, oh, this evens my blood sugar out, but another person says the same thing, spikes there. So eating snacks with a protein, with that snack, can be really good, like nuts or cheese or meats. And then portion sizes is what's most important with diabetes.
1: Yeah, and a lot of times we uh, are not quite sure what the portion sizes of those fruits are. You know, uh, an apple often seems like, oh, I can eat this whole apple. Well, it depends on the size. If it is one of these ginormous (laughs) apples, then it's gonna be a half of apple for that. And it's not saying you can't have the other half later on in the day, but that's all you need at one time. And we are out of time today and we've had such a great time uh, talking with you guys about nutrition. And I want to thank my guest, Ellen Wallace, you. for being here today. And if you still have questions, you can send them at to fit at mpbonline.org. And I'll be back next Monday when we tackle the topic of sports nutrition and how it fits into training for sporting events. Um, you can always, always find us online at mpbonline.org. And we'll see you back next Monday.